what's up, everybody? How you doing? Good. You glad to be at church? I'm glad that you're here. And I want to welcome all those that are watching online and all those at the South Campus. What's up, South Campus? Would everyone put your hands together for all those that are watching online? We love you. So glad that you're with us. Hey, I know we mentioned this in the announcements, but want to encourage you to be a part of summer at Summit Park. I know it's 4th of July next weekend, next Sunday, but you can set off those fireworks in the evening. Come to church. You'll be glad that you did. It's going to be super awesome. Well, hey, uh, I know that we mentioned earlier that this is the last of our series in the Be Wise, but I want to encourage you, if you missed some of the series, uh, to go back. We've got all of it online at our website, got it in our app. Uh, You can always check it out on Facebook, but it's been a really great series to help us grow in wisdom, so I want to encourage you to do that. And uh, this, of course, is a series on wisdom. Be wise, and wisdom is so important. And we've been saying this the last couple weeks, but a little fun fact. Did you know that the average person makes 35,000 decisions every single day? Turn to your neighbor right now and say, that's a lot of decisions. That is, that's a lot of decisions. And, um, you know, some of those can be uh, good decisions. Some of those can be bad decisions. And I thought it would be fun if I shared with uh, some of you just the, the bad decisions, some unwise decisions that I've made in my life, you know, just for fun. And so I, I asked my wife, I was like, babe, I'm having a really difficult time coming up with any unwise decisions I've ever made in my life. And without missing a beat, she said, every time you don't listen to me, it's an unwise decision. All the women said, amen. (laughs) So I thought, you know, instead of uh, sharing with you all the times I didn't listen to my wife, I thought, let's enjoy the misfortunes and unwise decisions of other people, okay? So these are some of the things I found on the internet I thought would be kind of fun, some unwise decisions. We're going to pull them up here on the screen. So, uh, Right there, I don't know if they're certified electricians. I'm not sure what they're doing, but that just looks like a really bad idea, okay? Go to the next one. Okay, maybe you can relate. I don't have a truck, and I've done similar things like that. Not quite that bad, but you know what? When you're desperate and you're at Lowe's and there's no way to get it home, you find a way, okay? You find a way. All right, you can go to the next one. Right there. I don't know if you can see. I mean, I'm no... Arbolus? I don't know how to even say that. But um, I, I don't think he's on the right side of that. I just, I don't know. I don't think he needs to get on the other side. I don't even know why you would be doing it like that. Okay, you can go to the next one. Right there. That's just a bad idea. I don't know if this dude knows Jesus, but he needs to really quick, okay? He needs to make a decision, get things right, because things are not looking good for him. All right, the next one. Right there. I I don't even know what the purpose of this is. Like, can't you just do squats without that? But yes, he's probably ended up in the emergency room. Okay, here's the last one right there. Just a bad idea. I mean, why? Why would you do? Why would you do that? So there's some people uh, that needed some wisdom. And here's the reality. We do make a lot of decisions every day. Some of those are big decisions. Some of those are life-changing decisions. Some of those are small decisions. But here's where wisdom becomes so valuable uh, to us. And here's how we've been defining wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do, how to do, and when to do, and doing it. 
Okay, it's knowing what to do, how to do, when to do, and actually doing it. Now, here's the deal. It's not just knowledge, okay? It's not just the how-to. It's not just good timing. It's not just doing something, but it's the combination of all of those things to give you the best result for any given situation. That's the value of wisdom. And we've been talking about this, but, but God wants you to have wisdom. He desires for each one of us to have wisdom in our lives, to help us make good decisions. This is what it says in James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So it's like God's got a bunch of wisdom up in heaven. He's just wanting to give it out, right? He's kind of like Oprah. He's like, okay, and you get wisdom, and you get understanding, and you get knowledge, you get insight, you get perspective. God wants to give it out to you and to me. And so what we've been doing is we've been doing a deep dive on the book of Proverbs. And so Proverbs was written by a guy by the name of Solomon. He was the third king of Israel. And early on when he became king, he, um, God came to him and said, hey, what do you, what do you want? And so this dude had an opportunity to ask God for something that he wanted, and he could have asked for riches, he could have asked for fame, he could have asked for a lot of different things, but what he asked for was wisdom to govern God's people. And so because he asked for wisdom and didn't ask for all the other things he could have used on himself, because of that, God goes ahead, he gives him wisdom, but he also gives him all the other things. He gives him riches and fame and wealth and all of that. And so as he ages and, and, and as he go, time goes on, he has a family, he's got sons. He want, what he wants to do is he wants to pass on to his kids wisdom rather than wealth, rather than inheritance, rather than fame or position. He says, you know what? The most important thing that I could pass on to you is I need to pass on to you wisdom. And it came in the form of Proverbs. It's what we have today. And here's what we're learning about wisdom, that wisdom is more than just a good idea. Wisdom is the way things work. It's hakmah. That's the Hebrew word for wisdom. And it's really the blueprint of how things work in the personal, social, and spiritual world. Okay, so in, in the same way, what science is trying to do is it's trying to build a blueprint on how the physical world works. Wisdom is how life works. It's, it's finding out how does this all work. And and here's the reality, whenever you and I figure out the way of wisdom, how life works, and we go in line with it, things go well for us. But whenever we work against wisdom, whenever we work against how life works, then things get really, really challenging. So this is the, the value of wisdom. And so the, the first week we talked about the value of wisdom in this series. The second week we talked about wisdom in our relationships, then we talked about wisdom with words, finances. Last week we talked about wisdom in our work. And today we're gonna to talk about wisdom to overcome temptation, all right? Overcome temptation. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, don't do it. All right, do it, don't do it. I feel, I, I feel like we could just pray right now and this be done, be like, just don't do it. Okay, let's pray. <laughs> now we're gonna look at Proverbs chapter seven. And this is where Solomon is giving some wisdom to his sons on how to avoid 
temptation. Now, I gotta warn you, this proverb is specifically, this chapter is about a story of a dude that gives into adultery, okay? So it's a married woman, and uh, this is kind of the story. But here's what I wanna do. I wanna pull out from this some principles, some, some powerful uh, tools as it, as it relates to overcoming temptation. So what you can do is that you can just copy and paste whatever your struggle is, whatever area in your life is, is challenging, okay? So I'm gonna read several verses. We're gonna summarize some of it, then I'll read a few more, and uh, we're gonna learn about how we can have wisdom to avoid temptation. If you're ready, say, I am. Okay, here we go. Proverbs chapter seven, starting in verse six. While I was at the window of my house, this is Solomon speaking, looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. It was at twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. The woman approached him seductively dressed and sly of heart. Everybody say, rut row. Okay, so what I'm gonna do now to keep it PG is I'm gonna summarize, okay, the rest of it. Then we're gonna pick it back up in verse 21. But basically, this is a married woman. Her husband's gone on a trip, and this dude strolls by, and she's doing her thing, and bad things happen. Okay, verse 21, this is what it says. So she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. Verse 22, he followed her at once like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing that it would cost him his life. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your heart stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path, for she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. And the story is kind of like, um, you know, days of our lives or something. You know, you're just like an excerpt from that, right? But this is the story. Again, I want to emphasize that, that don't get caught up in the fact that this woman is tempting this man. It could be the other way around. And, and for you, whatever your struggle is, wherever you're at in your life, wherever the temptation maybe that you're facing, whatever struggle that you're up against, that's where we can take some principles and apply this to any kind of temptation in our lives. So maybe for you, the temptation is money. You just struggle with the love of money. Maybe for you, it's anger. Maybe for you, it's fear, or it's lying, or it is lust, or it's pride, or maybe it's all of those things. Here's the, here's the reality. Wisdom is here to help. And so what I want to do is take Proverbs chapter 7, pull some powerful principles from it that will help us to have victory over temptation, okay? So I'm gonna give all three of them at the top here, and then we're gonna unpack them as we go, okay? So here they are. The first one is the wise discern the trap, okay? The wise discern the trap. The second one is the wise create boundaries, the wise create boundaries. And the last one is the wise choose life over death. The wise choose life over death. Okay, so this first one here, the wise discern the trap. Okay, look again at verse seven, it says this, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. Okay, some translations use the word simple instead of naive, but the idea here is that this person lacks experience or good judgment. And it says at the end that this person lacked common sense. I remember uh, about three or four years ago, we did this uh, event, went to this event called Man Camp. 
and uh, it was all the dudes, all the bunch of guys got together and we went out into the middle of nowhere and we just did dude stuff. It was awesome. We had guns and we had fishing poles and we, we made noises and we grunted and made other sounds. And uh, it was awesome. It was just like, we were just a bunch of dudes and just did dude stuff and dumb stuff. And it was great. And so um, with this man camp, all this great stuff, well, I pull up and uh, notice that there's a lot of trucks there and, uh, you know, lifted trucks and big old wheels and some of them are diesel and blowing all this black smoke and just being manly and really, really cool. And when I got there, I was like, you know what? I, um, I brought the wrong car. I brought my Toyota Prius. Yeah, it was really awesome. And uh, we had to actually drive through, like, uh, through this like, little creek thing. And I'm like, oh my, this is, this is made for efficiency. This is to made to save the planet, not drive through the planet here. I mean, this is not good. So I, I was in the field. I thought I was gonna get high-centered and had to set up my tent or whatever. So, you know, got a hard time with the Prius. But then it didn't stop there because, you know, at a man camp, you bring, you bring meat to the man camp, right? I mean, you just, you put it out on a skill, on a fire, a big old fire, and then you just put it on there for like two seconds, flip it two seconds, and then you eat it, right? So as red as can be, and you just do that. Well, I was like, hey, I, I really like avocados. So I brought, I just brought avocados with me, and I was slicing up my avocados, and I was like, I'm such a dork right now. <laughs> I was like, you know, I should go to the women's camp next week, you know, so no offense to women. Um, but here's, here's what capped it all off. Here's what capped it all off. So uh, that we were going to do some fishing, and I for, forgot my fishing rod. And so I had a buddy there with me, and I was like, bro, bro, I forgot my fishing rod. Do you have one? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got one. So he went into his massive truck, and he pulled out um, a fishing rod, and he handed it to me, and it was a pink fishing rod. I was like, bro. No, I can't do this. He was like, that's the only one. That's my wife's fishing rod. I was like, the only one I got. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. You know what I didn't do? I didn't discern the situation. I should have rented a truck, okay? I should have just faked it, rented a truck, and, and gone to man camp. But the reality is when it relates to temptation, it's really important that we think about what's going on that we give attention to. That's what the Proverbs is saying here, that this guy wasn't paying attention. He wasn't thinking about, he wasn't thinking about where this might go or what's really going on. And the reality is this has actually been happening from the beginning. I mean, this is exactly what Adam and Eve did, right? Because they sinned. They're the ones that brought in death, decay, and dandruff into this world, right? Some of us have dandruff. Some of us wish we could have dandruff, but we can't, so there's that. But you know what? Adam and Eve, they didn't think about their situation. They didn't, they just went, I mean, if we look back on it, we're like, dude, why did you get a talking snake? Really? The words of a snake versus God's word? Like, why didn't you think about that? But in the moment, they weren't discerning it. And as a result, sin came into the world and I lost my hair. Okay, that's, that's what happened right there. Wish I could have that back. But this is why Proverbs 14, 15 says this. The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. The simple just go on like, no big deal. Yeah, I'm just going to go through life. But the prudent, those that are wise, they think about, wait, wait, I don't know if this situation's good. I don't know. I don't think that this is where I need to be going. They take a moment to think about it. Proverbs 27, 12 says this, the prudent see danger and take refuge 
but the simple keep going and pay the penalty for it. The Bible is teaching us that the wise think about the situation. They recognize the temptation that it's a trap. I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've got kind of that special place that you like to go to that's always tempting you. I got one on, on 291. Maybe for you. Anybody like Andy's frozen custard? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. Um, maybe you've got a special place that you like to go. I mean, I like Andy's, but here's the deal. I am a sucker for Chipotle. Anybody like Chipotle? I just, it's like it never gets old. I just love Chipotle. It's quick, easy. Go in. It's cheap. It always tastes good. But here's what always happens with me. Like, it's not a good thing that they don't charge you for most things. They don't charge you extra if you want something a little bit extra. Okay, so I always go in, I get a burrito, and I always get extra white rice. And they put on the extra white rice, unless you've ever had this, one kind of a stingy worker, okay? If they don't, they're just like, I'm like, dude, put another scoop on there. What are you doing? So, so anyway, I get, always get extra rice. I get the veggies. I get, I get the, all this stuff. And, and by the end of it, by the end of it, it's like this little baby, that I get to hold and consume. It's amazing. So I always, get, I always get a huge, massive burrito. And what's really fun is to watch them like try to close it. I'm like, you're not gonna close it. You're, not gonna, you're gonna have to double wrap it. It's gonna rip. <laughs> and I love it. So anyway, I get an extra tortilla out of the deal as well. So it's all my, my scheme and my plan. And I get into it and about halfway through the burrito, I'm like, oh, my stomach is hurting so bad. Oh, this is so painful. Then my mom always taught me, finish my food. So I'm sitting here like, I gotta finish this. So I get to the very end, my stomach is hurting, I'm in pain. And I just think, why? Why did I do this to myself? Why did I go to the temple of Chipotle and get another baby burrito and hurt myself? Like this, why did I do this? It would have just taken some discernment. I could have got a bowl. I could have got a salad. Chips and guac would have been sufficient. But instead, I went for the burrito. And I think for so many of us, in more of a serious note, that we can look at temptation and we don't always look at it and say, you know what, I need to think about this for a second. I need to use some discernment that this is not gonna lead me down a right path. This is not gonna go somewhere where I wanna go. That's why Proverbs 10, 13 says this, wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning, but a rod is for the back of the one who has no sense. In other words, the Bible is, is saying that if we don't use discernment, the, the rod of life can hit us in the back. We bear the consequences. But if we take a moment, we say, man, I want to discern this. I want to look at this situation. So what is it for you? Maybe the thing that is challenging for you, maybe it's, maybe it's gossip. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about words. It'd be so easy just to, you know, talk about somebody when they're not around and say some hurtful things. It's like a spread of, of appetizers, right? It just looks so good, it's so easy. And I know this from experience. I mean, it's just so easy, but the, the Bible teaches us, oh man, that's poison. That's why it says in Proverbs 18, eight, the words of the gossip are like choice morsels. They go down into the innermost parts. They become a part of us. They can infect the very soul that we, we have. Maybe, maybe for you, it's, it's lust. It's just the same thing that this guy's dealing with. You know, it's, it's, and really with lust, it starts with the thoughts. That's why Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter five. He says this, you've heard it said that you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. In other words, it starts in the mind. It starts, you know, right here where you're thinking about it. And Jesus isn't trying to be condemning or shame, shame us or make us feel bad. 
But he is saying, look, it's important to start at the root. It's important to start because all of it starts right here, or you could say in your heart, before it becomes actions. And I don't want you to give in to those things. Take a moment to think about the thing that you struggle with. Maybe your vice is, is the love of money. We talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago when we talked about finances. Maybe it gives you a sense of security or, or power. This is why Proverbs chapter 11, verse four says this, wealth is worthless in the day of wrath. Like when it's all over on judgment day, like, well, it won't matter how much money you made or how much money I made. That's, it will be pointless in that moment, in that day. But it says this, but righteousness delivers from death. The money isn't the most important thing. Now it is important. In fact, money can be a blessing. It can be a good thing. That's why Proverbs 10, says, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. But as we talked about in this series, do you own things or do things own you? The reality is, I mean, whatever it might be, it might be pride, it might be being divisive, it might be jealousy. The point is that the, the wise thing to do with temptation is to simply take a step back and discern and say, man, where is this going? Is this a, is this a great opportunity or is this temptation in disguise? I, I don't have to rush into this. I wanna take a moment because I don't wanna stumble. I don't wanna do the wrong thing. And that's exactly what this dude in Proverbs chapter seven doesn't do. That's why Solomon says to his sons in Proverbs chapter seven, verse 24, so listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. And it's so important that we pay attention to what Solomon is saying here, that we listen and look at the situation and say, man, this is temptation. I'm not, I'm not even gonna go there. All right, the second one, the wise create boundaries. The wise create boundaries. All right, Proverbs 7, verses 8 and 9, I'll read it again. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path by her house. It was at twilight in evening as deep darkness fell. This dude was not where he should have been, right? It's like, dude, don't cross the street, bro. <laughs> don't stroll down the path. Don't collect $200. Like, dude, don't go there. You don't wanna be in that spot. This dude needed boundaries. He needed boundaries. When I was a kid, I had this dog named Bachi. He was a little dog, and uh, he was like 10 pounds or something. Really fast and feisty, would bark at everything. And, but he would always run away. As soon as we opened the door, that thing would go running out the door and we moved into this house and it had a chain link fence. We're like, oh great, it has a chain link fence. It's got a fence around, it's gonna keep him in. No, that little thing learned how to, to scale the fence, the chain link fence and would jump over. I don't know if you've ever seen a dog do this. It was amazing. If YouTube was in existence, then I would have done a YouTube and be a millionaire by this point. But it was pretty cool to watch the, the dog do it. Well, so then we eventually, we had to get one of those, um, you know, things where it'd screw down into the ground and put them on a leash whenever we take them out. So this, this little dog would, would run out all the time and it was super annoying. Well, one time he ran out and he ended up getting run over. Yeah, oh, I was like, that's what you get, dude. You're running out of the house, you get run over. Now he ended up being fine. I wasn't actually there, I only heard about it. I was like, the dog seemed to be fine. I was like, wait, you get run over by a scooter? Like, what, what's, what's going on here? So, but anyway, he ended up being fine, but that was the very thing we were trying to get him not to do because we were worried that something bad might happen to him. 
And so that's, that's the reason for boundaries. That's, that's why the wise create boundaries. It's ultimately to keep the bad stuff out and keep the good in. You know, we were trying to keep our dog from getting run over. And for maybe the person that struggles with the love of money, it's trying to keep that away from losing their family. You know, or, or for the person that struggles with lust, losing their marriage. Or the person that struggles with addiction, losing everything. It's the boundaries help protect us and keep us safe from those things. This is why Proverbs 25 verse 28 says this, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. You know, so back in that day, if you didn't have walls around your city, you were vulnerable to attack. You know, you wanted to keep the bad things out and protect the good things that are inside. And so what we have to do is we have to have boundaries in our life and we have to ultimately make those boundaries. You know, they had to build those walls and each one of us have to build the boundaries that are in our own lives. We have to make that decision. There's a guy by the name of uh, Henry Cloud. He's a Christian psychologist and maybe you've heard of him. He's wrote uh, books on boundaries. And then I pulled this quote, I thought it was good. He says this, setting boundaries inevitably involves taking responsibility for your choices. You are the one who makes them. You are the one who must live with their consequences and you are the one who may be keeping yourself from making the choices you could be happy with. Boundaries is all about taking responsibility for our own desires and saying, man, I don't wanna damage my life and the life of those around me. And that's exactly what, what Solomon's trying to do with his sons. He's trying to say, hey, don't go there. Don't go where she is. That's why he says in, in uh, 725, he says this, don't be like, don't let your heart stray away toward her. Don't wander down her wayward path. Set some boundaries. Be away from the temptation. So I, I, I want to also mention this as we talk about boundaries, because some, this can inevitably come up about boundaries and setting rules and all, all of that stuff. It's this idea of legalism. You know, we don't want legalism, but we also don't want stuff in our life that's going to destroy us. We don't want to go down a path that's going to cause harm to ourselves and to those around us. And the reality is the, the difference between um, legalism and living with a life of wisdom is the motivation behind it, right? It's the, it's the thing that says, you know what, the reason I'm doing this is because there's an actual thing, bad thing that could happen. It's not because it's tradition. It's not because some religious person told me we ought to do this. No, there's a real threat and I don't wanna go near that. And I thought it was interesting that in, in Proverbs 7, and I'll read these verses again, that Solomon is talking about an actual situation that he saw. Again, verses six and seven. While I was at the window of my house, looking through the curtain, I saw some naive young men, one who in particular who lacked common sense. So this is a real situation. This is an actual circumstance that Solomon is looking out his window. And he's like, hmm, this would be really good to teach my sons. I'm gonna actually write this down. This is, this is actually happening before my eyes. It's a real situation. And for us, we've gotta think about the real situations in our lives, that the goal isn't a bunch of rules or for those to be pushed on the person next to you or somebody else. The goal is to say, you know what? I don't want this to destroy my life. You know, I think about um, Becca and I, our kids, we got two kids and um, you know, we are, maybe you can relate to this. Those are the parents that got young kids. We're always trying to come up with a plan for screen time. You know, we've had like 500 different plans. We've done 
whiteboards and timers and iPhone restrictions and all that. Can anybody relate to that? Come on, you relate to parents. I mean, dude, we've come up with plans and we're getting, we're getting weary, people. We're just getting weary fighting the old iPhone and all the, all the electronics and stuff. But here's the reality. We're not trying to be legalistic. We're not just trying to put rules on them. We're just trying to put boundaries because I'm pretty sure 25 hours of, of YouTube per day is not a good thing for your child, okay? It's probably not a good idea, all right? We, don't, we wanna minimize the damage we do to our kids as parents, and so we're trying to help them. We're trying to set those boundaries in their life. So for you, identifying the areas in your life that maybe are a struggle, that are difficult, that are challenging, that are hard, that, that are a temptation for you, but maybe not for the person next to you, that you would set up some boundaries like, nah, I'm just not gonna go there. Like, I'm gonna take a moment, I'm gonna step back, I'm gonna discern, but I'm also not going to step forward into that circumstance because it's just not a good idea for me. Now, maybe for this other person over here, they can totally do that. Cool, I'm not gonna judge them, I'm not gonna make a rule for them, but for me, that's just not a good idea because that's a real situation that might destroy my life. And I'm just like, no, I'm not gonna do that. And that's what the wise do. They set boundaries for themselves. All right, number three, the wise choose life over death. The wise choose life over death. All right, verse 22 and 23, and then I'll jump to 26 and 27. He says this, he followed her at once like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap, awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. Then verse 26, for she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victim. Her house is the road to the grave. Her bedroom is the den of death. What's saying here is like, hey, all right, zoom out for just a second and look at the consequences of giving in to this temptation. He's, Solomon's wanting to teach his sons like, hey, just for a second, I wanna show you what happens to this dude right here. Like it's not good. It leads to death. This is a decision that will harm you, that will do bad for you. And once you make that decision, man, there's no going back. You can't undo the decision. And he's trying to motivate them like, don't go down this path. Choose life because this leads to death. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 19 says this, godly people find life. Evil people find death. Proverbs 12, 28 says, the way of the godly leads to life. That path does not lead to death. I think for for all of us, when we give in to temptation, ultimately what it does is it brings death into our life. And, and as a result, you get enough of that death going on, your life starts to stink, right? It starts to be hard, it starts to be challenging. That's the, the price of, of sin. This is what it says in, in Proverbs chapter 19, verse three. People ruin their, their lives by their own foolishness. And then they're angry at the Lord. Maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you, you know some of those experiences. They're living for God, but then they start doing some stuff they shouldn't do, made some bad choices. Now all of a sudden they're mad at God. And it's like, man, no, your own decisions did that. When we give in to temptation, we give in to challenge, we give in to difficulty. That's the result of it. This is why James chapter, um, James chapter one says this in verses 13 through 15. And remember when you're being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. In other words, again, it's not, it's not God. Well, then what is it? Verse 14, temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us 
Again, it's that moment to where we say, man, there's that enticing. That's where discernment comes in, right? The first point, where we say, okay, no, 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 I need to discern what's happening here. Is this an opportunity or is this temptation? And then what does it say? And drags us away. So then there's boundaries, like, right? It drags me away where I say, no, 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 I'm not gonna go there. I see what that is and I'm not gonna go there. But then verse 15, these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Ultimately, that's what we want to avoid. And not just physical death. It could be a death of a relationship, a death of a, an opportunity. It could be a death of, of happiness and joy. It could be death of peace in our home. It's a separation. It's a death. But here's what God, or even early on in the Bible with the people of God, the Israelites, this is what he calls them to do. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. I love this verse that we say here a lot here at Summit Park. It's John chapter 10, verse 10. This is what Jesus says. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have life and life to the full. Ultimately, that's what God wants, right? He wants us, that's what Solomon wants, that's what God wants for us, is he wants us to avoid death because that's what sin does. In fact, you maybe have heard this verse before, Romans chapter six, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, what we earn by sinning is death. All those different kinds of death, of relationship, of opportunity, all that stuff in our life. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what he ultimately came to give us, was life. And God says, choose life. He said it then, and that's what he says to us today. He says, choose life. Choose life. But maybe for you, you already gave in to the temptation. You already fell. You already messed up. Here's the reality. All of us have done that. All of us have given in to temptation. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This is the very reason we need Jesus. This is the very reason that he came. Is because ultimately we, we end up giving in to the temptation. Adam and Eve get, gave in, but not just them. We all give in to temptation. The, the goal would be to avoid it, but at the end of the day, there's oftentimes we give into it, and as a result, we've got this sin problem. But that's why Jesus came, that if we'll start a relationship with him, he forgives us of our sins. This is why John chapter 5, verse 24, this is Jesus talking. He says, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. That's the best kind of life you can have. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. Today, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, if you haven't followed him ever and don't know him as personal Lord and Savior, you can start that relationship. Because maybe for you, you'd say, man, I give in to sin all the time. It's so challenging. That's what Jesus came to destroy, the works of the devil, the sin that was brought into this world. And you can be free. And the freedom's found in a relationship with Jesus. And you could start that today. And that's where it starts for all of us because all of us have given in to temptation. But here's the reality. 
even after becoming a Christian, even after putting your faith in Jesus, how many know you sometimes still give in to temptation, right? You sometimes still make mistakes. Sometimes you still get angry or tell a lie or lust or get jealous. I mean, that still is a reality because we still have this sinful body. It'd be great one day when it's all gone and over with, no more sin, no more harm, no more pain in heaven. But till that point, we're still got this body and we sometimes give in to temptation. Well, there's hope for us too. <laughs> Jesus speaks to us as well. This is what it says in 1 John chapter 2, verse one. It says, my dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin, okay? So that's the goal, is not to sin because we don't wanna bring death into our life. But he knows, man, we're gonna mess up. And this is what it says. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. Come on, are you thankful for Jesus today? Man, I would have long given up on this thing if it was just like, okay, now I have to be perfect now that I'm a Christian. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. It doesn't mean that we don't take these principles. It doesn't mean that we don't say, okay, I'm gonna identify the trap here. I'm gonna make sure I set boundaries. I'm gonna choose life. I'm gonna make sure I do those things. That's really, really important. But the reality is I gotta continue to fall on grace. I gotta continue to lean into Jesus. Jesus, forgive me. Help me not do this again. And he receives me every time with open arms. And so here's what I wanna do at the close of this service. There's really two categories of people. If you don't know Jesus, you don't have a relationship with him, that's your first step. It's starting a relationship with him. You need to experience the forgiveness that he offers each one of us. And that's by simply saying a prayer of, please forgive me, I trust in you, I believe in you, I put my life into your hands, I make you Lord of my life. And then he forgives you of your sins. You can start a new relationship with him. It's amazing. God has a great plan for you. Maybe you already have a relationship with him. You're a Christian, but you've been struggling with some stuff. One, I don't want you to feel condemned. God doesn't want you to feel condemned. Romans ch chapter eight, verse one, there's therefore no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So if you know Jesus, there's no condemnation. But God would lean in and say, come on, I want you to get things right, get back up, dust yourself off, and let's, let's go, let's keep going. The temptation sometimes as a Christian is to run away from God. You've given into something, you wanna hide your sin, you gotta be careful with that, because if you do, it's gonna grow. It's only, the enemy's only gonna have more of a foothold. The reality is we're not completely conquered over sin. One day we'll be, no more sin in the world, that would be great, that would be awesome. Now you have a choice, and today he says, choose life, choose him, choose Jesus. He'll forgive you of your sin and help you set you on the right path. And you know what? The reality is we gotta continue to go to Jesus for that, and he's ready to forgive each one of us. So if you're not a Christian, you can make that decision to become one. If you are a Christian, you're struggling with some things right now, just be honest with Jesus. It's okay, we've all been there. We've all been there. The reality is we're all struggling. We're imperfect people on an imperfect journey toward a perfect God. And it just takes a moment of you saying, God, I'm struggling in this area. I want your help. Please forgive me. And he'll come and he'll help you right where you are. As we close here at South Campus, North Campus, will you bow your heads, close your eyes? I just wanna take a moment for those that need to make that, that decision, for those that, that are not a Christian, but you need to make that, that decision, you need forgiveness. 
Or for the person that you are a Christian, you know Jesus, you're going to heaven, but right now, man, you're struggling with some stuff and you need some help. You need forgiveness. You need to go to Jesus, all right? Without anyone looking around, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but I do want you to have the courage to just take a moment to say, God, yeah, that's me, and I want your help, okay? I believe that as you, as you acknowledge that, that God's gonna help you. He's gonna help you right where you are, all right? So would you lift up your hand? You say, yeah, you're in one of those two categories. I need God's help right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Just lift it up long enough, lots of hands. South Campus, online, you're being honest with God right now, just you and Jesus. Lord, I, I thank you for your forgiveness that's found in Jesus. Thank you for every single person that's committing their life to you, trusting in you and your forgiveness for the first time or the first time in a long time. God, I pray you bless them. You start a journey that's amazing for them. I pray for the person that does know you. They're, they're your son or your daughter, and, but they're struggling with some temptation right now. They're in some, a challenging situation and they maybe have given in or they continue to give in. God, I pray that they wouldn't guilt themselves. They wouldn't feel shame, but God, I pray that you would just embrace them. Wrap your arms of love around them. Show them you have not condemned them, but you've redeemed them and they're your child. And God, I pray that you pick them back up and help them set them on a right path and God, give them the victory over those temptations. God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. We give our hearts and our lives afresh and new to you. We love you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand at the South Campus and North Campus? We're going to take a moment. We're just going to uh, worship here at the end. And here's what I want us to do. Just to thank the Lord that we have the opportunity to be forgiven. So would you lift your hands towards heaven right now? And let's worship together and thank our King and our Savior.